0: Welcome to Passports and Pizza, a podcast about everything by two carb-loving, carry-on-only gals. I'm Laura, a traveler and writer with an appetite for adventure. And I'm Sarah, an artist and food blogger who travels mainly for the food. Join Join us us. (laughs) as As we we dive dive into into anything anything, and everything everything (laughs) (laughs) on our plate slash on our mind. We're a bit rusty. (laughs) Wow. We like, just locked eyes and we were like, "Join us." Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, not our best. No, intro I mean, I feel like we're a tad rusty, but <laughs> yeah, it feels like we haven't recorded in a while. I time. literally was thinking that on my way down here. I was like, "Wow, it's been a minute." Not for anyone who's listening, but for us, it's been right over a month. Has it? Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, I feel yeah. like I haven't like talked to you in forever. Yeah, just. I do have an update with our whole huga episode, Okay. previous episode. Um, I had a huga day today in my class, and I did oh. your suggestion of like kids could wear coming, they couldn't wear pajamas because of dress code, but cozy right. clothes, they brought blankets and pillows, I had like electric candles lit, and nice. twinkle lights, and we listened to the fireplace and how I put music on, they read, or they could free write or free draw uh-huh. um, to music, and it was awesome, the kids yeah. loved it, yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. They were really, they were really into it. Oh, and I served hot cocoa, Swiss Miss variety, because yes. hashtag teacher budget, right? But, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you didn't give them Valverona chocolate? Uh, no, I did not yeah. serve them chocolate soup like we had, but, um... <laughs> It was That's really, awesome. it was it was cute and the kids really loved it. So Did they, like, how far ahead of time did they know you were going to do that? I did an introductory lesson on, like, what hygge was. Okay. So I did a video presentation. I went, I went in. And uh-huh. then, <laughs> and then I was saying that around Thanksgiving time, um, you know, this is a time where we're supposed to be appreciative. And. Hookah is being appreciative about the really simple things that make you feel calm and safe and cozy. Yeah. And then I had them do an activity, and then I said the next class we would mm-hmm. have our hookah day, that's and they really loved cool. it. I mean, some of course there's a couple kids who are just like this is lame, uh, but <laughs> I would say about 90% of them were really appreciative and thankful that they had a sort of a calm yeah minute in the day. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Shall we go to one? Or do you have any updates? I don't think i really have any updates um i don't know we're here in the pod loft yeah the night before thanksgiving that we're recording it's the biggest drinking night in america yeah which (laughs) we almost weren't going to go out tonight but now we do have plans to go out and do the whole like hang out with friends from high school thing and drink thing is about lebanon is that i'm sure every bar will be closed by midnight yeah. Well, I'd like to be in bed by midnight, so that's fine Me too. <laughs> Tomorrow's going to be a long day. Yeah, but I was actually just telling Robert that I have not been out drinking with friends in so long. I know that I'm Yeah, and I haven't even really been drinking at home either. We haven't been drinking on the podcast. I know. So, I mean, which is fine, but I was just like getting next the itch. episode we'll drink because we're doing New Year's stuff. Oh, right? Sh- Champagne, so, maybe? Yeah. Or yeah. something. Okay. Yeah. We'll figure it out. That sounds good. So, salty sweet? Yeah. Why don't you go first? Okay. Well, I, m- part of mine is kind of an update, which is my sweet is that I had a hug a day yes. recently. The best. Um, which was really nice, but I did it kind of opposite of you. So, I did it on a Sunday. So I did it where Saturday I was very productive and therefore set myself up for a very relaxing Sunday. And I even had it scheduled so, like, we put something in the slow cooker to be our lunches for the week. So that just Love went in, in the morning. was very hands-off. Um, Robert actually offered to make dinner that night. He threw, like, leftovers together and made, like, fried rice or something. Um, so it's just very chill. I got up... I like slept in. I did not get up at 6:30 like you. <laughs> that was not normal. Yeah. I got up, I worked out, took a shower and um then I basically just like watched TV all day. Love it. It was great. I had already made cookies the day before. So, I did get to have, like, a little treat and stuff. I watched one of the new Netflix Christmas movies, <laughs> Let It Snow. Have you watched that one? <laughs> I hate Christmas movies with the fiery passion. Really? So. Yeah. All of them? I only like the oldies, like White Christmas, Christmas Story. Oh. So you're, like, very anti-Hallmark. I am very anti-Hallmark. Okay. Well, I only watch the Hallmark movies when we're at Robert's grandma's house. Okay. Um, Like, Thanksgiving, Christmas, that's just on constantly, so you just kind of wander into the living room. You're like, fill me in on what's happening this time, but they're all the same. They're all the same storyline, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But I do love the Netflix ones because they're definitely trying to be the Hallmark ones, but also kind of making fun of them at the same time. Meta. Yeah, (laughs) so they're, like... Purposefully cheesy, but even more cheesy than the Hallmark ones, but also better produced. <laughs> Not surprised. Yeah. I'm sure Netflix has a little bit of a bigger budget than Hallmark. Yeah. I but think. I feel like Hallmark must be raking in a ton of money. Oh, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. Because they really zeroed in on that Christmas yeah, movie Yeah, they life. know what they're doing now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I watched their new one called Let It Snow, which was cute. But <laughs> I didn't have too many disasters in my day which was that I made the chocolate soup hot chocolate for myself, but the only milk we had was Robert's, like, protein cashew milk. And I made it with that, and it was disgusting. (laughs) I couldn't (laughs) drink it. It was so bad. Dang it, I wasted the good chocolate. Yeah, I was thinking that. So that was a bummer. And then part of my relaxation was watching Netflix and painting my nails. But then the color I used, it was... This, like, sheer pink color. I had to do, like, four coats, and it just stayed streaky. And then I did a top coat, and the top coat kind of took off the color. It was a complete disaster. You're like, this is not hygge. Yeah. I was like, this was a waste of my time. (laughs) I could have just been watching a movie instead of pausing it every 15 minutes to go do a new coat on my nails. Yeah. But I was like, whatever. I'm just having a relaxing day. Like, who cares? Yeah. I think I it think what I've nice realized with hookah activities is like sometimes hookah is fleeting. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thirty minutes out of the whole day mm-hmm. as opposed to like twenty four hours or something. Yeah. But it is fun to like just know today is my day mm-hmm. to just Be cozy and do whatever I want. And I think it did really set me up for a good week because my whole Sunday was so chill. Yeah. And I usually have at least part of my Sundays kind of crazy or or we start cooking dinner too late on a Sunday because we're like, whatever, it's Sunday. And the next thing you know, it's nine o'clock and we're eating dinner. And then we get to bed late on a Sunday. So that kind of thing. But yeah, it was good. Um but yeah, that was my sweet. Nice. My sweet is that I'm officially signed up for Orange Theory. Oh. So as of today, I am able to book my classes and actually go. Is the new one open now? It is open and it is bougie. Yeah? Like, <laughs> I have never seen a new gym this nice. Yeah. They have three showers. Okay. Aromatherapy is everywhere. Oh. Um, hair dryers. Nice like uh, huh. shampoo conditioner, yeah. but the thing that really impressed me is if you don't know what Orange Theory is Orange Theory is basically um, heart. It's it's a HIIT style workout, running, mm-hmm. rowing, and weights, or basically like it's like half the class you do strength mm-hmm. moves and rowing, and the other half is yeah like a HIIT style and they sort cardio. of they alternated a lot because I've bought a ten class pack sort of to, before this new studio opened sort of wedge that time to like keep me motivated to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. And each class is different. So sometimes it's a power day where you're mm-hmm. running more and then you're going off to do weights and then you're going back on the treadmill and then you go to the rower. And then sometimes oh. it's benchmark days where it's supposed to be you to do your fastest rowing with okay. for a certain amount of time or whatever it is. Yeah. I'm really enjoying it. And the mm-hmm. thing I like about it is that it's based off of your heart rate. Mm-hmm. So you'll see like an 80 year old woman who's just walking on the treadmill and her heart rate is in the orange zone, which is uncomfortable it's where you're supposed mm-hmm. to aim to get for a certain amount of minutes in your workout um and then next to her will be like this fit 20 year old dude who's like sprinting and they're at the same level so yeah. it's it's really sort of it's catered, catered to everyone yeah it's fine-tuned to you yeah and you, i found that like i i can monitor my own progress so mm-hmm. over time i can see oh well my base pace used to be this but now i'm Stronger, right. or I'm better at this, so or you have, have to this. go faster to hit that arm right. zone. Right, I have to push harder, yeah. whatever it is. So I'm, cool. I've been enjoying it, and I've only been doing it about once a week, and mm-hmm. sort of supplementing it here and there. Yeah. But I officially am starting next week, and it'll be great because it's post turkey day, which mm-hmm. means like yeah. starting off on a good, good, good path after that. So I can indulge and just sort of like right. be like, all right, it's time to get back to it. Mm-hmm. So I'm enjoying it, and I do like the community feeling of it, too. Mm-hmm. I've got to know some of the girls in my class. I've also realized which instructors I don't like. Uh-huh. That's a big thing. But then you know when you sign up for class who your instructor is going to mm-hmm. be, so you can pick... Oh, yeah. ...which one you want. And I know who my favorite instructor is, so I can be like, oh, she's doing... I'll do it this thing. Mm-hmm. But... Um, What time of day do you normally go? So I've been trying to figure that out because with my commute, trying to figure out the new studio, I think I'm just going to go right after work. Mm -hmm. And even though it's probably the time I'm most tired and I want to just lay on the couch, part of me feels like getting it done... And Mm -hmm. just giving that a big old check mark off of the to-do list means that my evening is like way more chill. Mm -hmm. I can sort of coast into the evening and not have something over my head while I'm cooking dinner or Mm -hmm. whatever it is. And I like that I'm in my car and I can just go and then I just go right home. Yeah, that's that's how I used to be when I went to the gym. I would just go on my way home from work and then you get home from the gym and work and you're just home. Yeah, that's, that's, I like that. So I signed up for Orange Theory. I'm excited to try it. We'll report back, but Cool. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, my salty is that this past Sunday I was supposed to go get brunch <laughs> at Luca with my best friend Abby, who is about to have a baby. And we were supposed to record too. Yeah. Um and yeah, so it was like gonna be prior last time to catch up the two of us before yeah. she has a baby in her life is for the rest of forever her life. changed. Yeah. <laughs> um, which hopefully we'll still see each other this weekend. But she's doing like A week. Yeah. So um, we were supposed to get brunch on Sunday and it randomly snowed on Sunday morning. Big old snowflakes. big. And I was checking the weather and it wasn't supposed to snow and it was supposed to warm up. So I'm like doing my workout. I'm like, okay, I'll get in the shower. It's probably just going to warm up. Hopefully the roads aren't too bad. And by the time I'm like on the way, things will be warming up and melting and whatever. So I just went for it. But I should have known when I went out to my car and I had to scrape like two inches of snow off my car and the roads were pretty bad getting out of my parking spot. And then so then I'm going on the main road to Lancaster and I hit a standstill. Because I assumed there was a car accident, but I guess there was actually a power line down. Oh, no. But then I used my GPS, and I was able to do a U-turn and go a different way. But, of course, it's taking me, like, back roads. Not good in snow. Like, like none of the roads have been treated because no one knew this was going to happen. Yeah. And it's that perfect temperature where everything's kind of turning into ice underneath. So I'm trying to drive there. I'm going pretty slow because the roads are bad. And I'm thinking like, should I just give up on this? Like, I don't, or, you know, or I have to call Abby and say, I'm going to be late. You know, I wasn't sure what to do. And then at one point, the GPS wanted me to turn left. And I looked to the left and it was a very steep uphill. And it just looked like a hill of snow. Like, no one had driven on it. You couldn't even tell it was a road. You're like, yeah, no. And I was just like, no, I'm not turning on that. So then I was like, all right, that's it. I need to just get home. And so I called Abby, and I told her, I was like, I can't go. Just take the reservation. You and Stanley go. Yeah. Have brunch. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to try to get home. So then i take a turn to go home. And, like, two minutes later after I get off the phone with her... I'm starting to go up a hill and there's a car on the right side of the road stuck and a car on the left side of the road that's stuck. And I'm thinking, I'm going up a hill. I can't stop. I'm just going to have to try to drive between them. And then I'm driving and as I get higher, I realize up at the top of this hill are two cars that are just stopped up there. So I'm like, "I'm, I'm not going anywhere. So I just stopped my car. And then I was kind of stuck because once you stop, especially in a Prius. Yeah, I know that life. You can't really go again. Nope. So I am like halfway up this hill freaking out. I am probably normally a 15 minute drive from home as it is. So I call my parents. (sighs) Thankfully, I ended up being able to go in reverse, like backwards down a hill, get myself turned around. At one point, my car was going sideways down the hill. And I was just like. I'm gonna die. This is the end. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, long story short, I did make it home, but I had been gone from home for over an hour, and all I did was go like 15 minutes away. So annoying. And I should have just stayed home, but I was trying really hard to get there, and so I didn't get to have brunch. But then, like, the bittersweet thing was I ended up having my whole afternoon at home. In, like, this snowstorm that then melted. But it was just so annoying because I was really looking forward to it. Yeah. And then having that really stressful drive when, like, there was no reason for it. Yeah. I shouldn't even have done it. I was just... Ugh, it was your terrible. Best, though. And the night before, I had a really stressful drive in the dark, in the rain. I was like, I need to just stop leaving the house. <laughs> <laughs> Hibernation. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, I will say, like, as a teacher, when you have those early dismissal days, sometimes they dismiss in the middle of the worst part right. of the storm, mm-hmm. which is idiotic because then, as a teacher, you have to wait till all the buses leave. You have to get your stuff packed up. Mm-hmm. And I remember last year there have been times when I was – my my commute's 25 minutes. It took me three hours to get home. Yeah, and this snow reminded me of that day yeah. because it was one where no one knew it was happening. It was just – a burst so of snow. no one had treated the roads Nothing. no one was planning to plow it was just a nightmare yeah it's a big mess yeah yeah so that sucks yeah that's not that's not good well at least you were okay you yeah i'm glad sick. i was completely fine my car was fine yeah it was just scary yeah <laughs> my salty is kind of lame but it's something i wholeheartedly believe in okay there is a starbucks in lancaster city Oh, yeah. And let me just give you some background. Listen, I'm not judging you if you enjoy Starbucks. And I love Starbucks. I've gotten many a Starbucks, especially on road trips. You know you can count on it. Yeah. At Target, I'm getting a Starbucks. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. (laughs) But listen, in Lancaster City, there are multiple. There are so many. Independent coffee shops. Yeah. Family-owned businesses, Lancaster Proud businesses, yeah. roasteries mm-hmm. in like, Lancaster. There is really good coffee in Lancaster. Absolutely. And within, like, I, I was trying to calculate how many coffee shops were in a three-block radius from this Starbucks. Mm-hmm. There's at least four. Yeah. And unfortunately, in our consumer-based society, uh-huh. when Starbucks is plastered on a big building, Mm-hmm it's going to attract customers. And it's going to take away customers from people who may be exploring cafes instead of going there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when we have tourists that come in, we always have tourists who come to do like the Amish sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But when they come to Lancaster City and they're exploring downtown, I know what it's like to be like, oh, that's Starbucks. We'll know we'll be able to get something there Mm -hmm. before we leave. Right. Instead of just going to find something that's locally Mm -hmm. owned or... Yeah. It's, It's just really irritating and... I'm personally vouching that I will never be going to the, I will never. Yeah. You're i You're going to boycott that specific Starbucks. I will walk in yeah. to get warm. Uh-huh. But that's the only <laughs> way I'm using it. Yeah. Or I, to use a bathroom, I, I guess. I think that's a solid plan. But I will never be buying from that Starbucks. I'm not saying I'm completely writing off every Starbucks, but mm-hmm. that Starbucks in particular, I do not want in the city. I think it's ridiculous. Right. I think so. that's why I. whenever we are in a smaller city like that that might have an independent coffee shop, I always try to look for one on Google or yes. Yelp before going straight to the Starbucks. Yeah. Because I love trying those places anyway, yeah. So and I try not, to go out of my way to do it's that. It's not like Starbucks is super affordable either. So it's mm-hmm. not like I'm being privileged yeah. and being like, oh well, I'm gonna go to have a Oh shop. yeah, it's not cheap. No, so not it's at not at like Starbucks is the only option for people who are living on like a tighter budget. But it, yeah. it's just something I'm totally like irritated by. So, right. yeah, no Starbucks in, in Lancaster. so <sighs> That sucks. Yeah. Also, by the way, um, <laughs> if you hear music in the background, that's my neighbors. I live in a row home and you can hear when they play music really loud. What if we record it in Robert's room since it won't be against this wall? Um Yeah, we could try that. Let's try um, that. Okay, we'll try it. Okay. It should be continued. <laughs> yeah, and when we get come back, we're talking Christmas cookies. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this was better. Yes. It's Christmas time. <laughs> Shall Almost. we talk about cookies? Yes. My favorite. So first thing we bullet pointed was Christmas cookie memories. Yeah. Do you have any? I have a lot. Um, Go ahead. Well, I grew up helping my mom make Christmas cookies. Like, I think that's how I learned how to bake. Mm-hmm was helping my mom make the chocolate chip cookies or whatever. And did your mom have, like, the recipe box with the Yeah, but cards? we always just made Nestle Toll House from the back of the bag. Classic. So, but, like, I would be reading that on the back of the bag and learned about, you know, creaming the butter with the sugar and scraping down the mixer, and then you do this slowly, and then don't overmix that. Mm-hmm. So that was where that started... For me, And my mom would make them in advance, kind of like over several weeks, probably starting around Thanksgiving time, mm-hmm. and then freeze them until Christmas Eve. Nice. And then she would take all these cookies out for Christmas Eve, like after church or whatever, we'd come back to the house. And we do have a lot of memories as when we were real little, making a platter of cookies for Santa. Oh yeah, classic. And then we would always for the milk to go with it, we always put in Ovaltine and made chocolate milk. <laughs> so, but we also have a lot of really funny home videos of this whole Christmas Eve yeah routine. Um, with me like just wandering around making weird noises. Jesse is being weird <laughs> in his own way. Colin is singing silent night off in the corner for anyone who will yeah. listen, <laughs> that kind of a thing. Um, So I have a lot of memories around that. Um, What else did I say? But, well, now I kind of make a lot of the cookies. Well, it depends because every other year we do Christmas with my family and then Christmas with Mm -hmm. Robert, so we swap every year. Um, But I think when I was in high school, I kind of took over for my mom because she was starting to work more and more as we got older. And I loved making cookies anyway, so it was something I could take off of her plate in the kind of crazy run up to Christmas. So I just became, like, I would spend my weekends leading up to Christmas making one or two types of cookies and putting them in the freezer. That's fun. So, yeah. So now my mom and I kind of split the job. I'll make some here. Yeah. Yeah. So, my memories of Christmas cookie making is, like, well, definitely the smell. I remember sometimes, mm-hmm. like, waking up and then already smelled like cookies in the house. Oh. That's a magical moment. Where Your mom like, must have had, had an morning. early start. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember being little, and we would have... I just remember it being almost, like, a 24-hour day of just... Uh-huh. Just a marathon cookie, bake. Yeah, a mm-hmm. marathon of like this batch is in, this batch is out, mm-hmm. let that cool. That's cooled down. Ice this one. Do mm-hmm. that.
1: And yeah. I remember
0: getting the pitsel iron out and but it was I remember it being like an event. Yeah. Um and then eating the cookie dough because stuff. Yeah. So we don't yeah, my mom never did it as a huge thing like that. But one thing that is kind of like the event of cookie making with my family is we make this one recipe that's essentially like the cut-out sugar cookies, but these ones are actually almost more of like a shortbread. Mm-hmm. Um, they're Probably technically called better. rich rolled cookies. Okay. It's from like The Joy of Cooking or some some old cookbook, but yeah. I think my mom might have grown up making them or my dad did, but it's like the one recipe that we have made for so many years. Right. And so even now that we're old... My mom will try to get a night when Jesse and I can still come over to the house together. Like, Jesse's not working. Mm-hmm. Robert and I come over. My brother Colin gets left out because he's in Philly. but And we actually help do all the cutouts with the cookie cutters. Right. And then you have to put the sprinkles on them to decorate them and stuff. Yeah. So we still do that. That's nice. Um, but And, yeah, those are really good. My dad really likes those cookies because they're very shortbready. Yeah. Um, my... I sort of mentioned this later in the episode, but my family definitely had a day of cooking. But one of my favorite cookies around Christmas growing up was that we used to have on Christmas Eve. Our big our big event for Christmas is Christmas Eve. That's how ours is um, too, yeah. So it's like my mom's side of the family is Italian. So they used to do like Feast of the Seven Fishes and mm-hmm. traditional Italian meals. And then, of course, there was this massive smattering of Italian Cookies and baked goods, mm-hmm. and I found out when I was older that they had just bought them from a bakery. I was like, <laughs> cheers! But this bakery is amazing, it's called Alvaro, mm-hmm. um, and it's still around in Harrisburg. But they make all the cookies and they do platters around the holidays. Mm-hmm. But there's so many good ones on there, and I remember mm-hmm. like those were very special like, Christmas only cookies that you could oh, get. Okay, so mm-hmm. we can talk about those later in the episode for sure Mm -hmm. it's nice that you still have time with your family to do that we don't do that anymore so it's definitely hard to schedule it like it's always kind of like a mad rush to squeeze it in on a weeknight or something yeah yeah but it's fun we go over there we have christmas music on and yeah that's nice i feel like if i live closer to my family i would do more stuff like that yeah it's nice bit of a hike what makes a cookie a christmas cookie yeah, what do you think? Um, I feel like, like I said earlier, there are cookies that we save mm-hmm. in quotes for the holidays. So, like thumbprint cookies, do you know those? Mm-hmm. Pizzelles, like you don't really make those other than around the holidays, right? Maybe, maybe some people do, but I definitely don't see them around that often. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would say they're pretty much saved for that time of year. I don't ever find myself mm. craving to make those right outside of this time of year. So. Yeah, I feel like Christmas cookies are usually buttery. Mm, yeah, and chocolate is often there, and then of course like warming spices like cinnamon, nutmeg, right, all that stuff, or maybe caramel. Like I feel like like you're not gonna see a lemon cookie no. at Christmas. No, at least Too I, bright. I, Too I wouldn't. Yeah. yeah. So, unless it is, like, thumbprints ha- usually have jam in the middle, right? Yeah, like a raspberry jam. Yeah. Typically. But, yeah, I feel like fruity stuff is not yeah really there. Not as much. Right. Um, But I also know that some, I guess around the world, you, you would find cookies of all kinds during the holidays. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, pretzels are obviously in the shape of <laughs> snowflakes. So, mm-hmm. the designs, too. Like... Yeah the cut down pillsbury cookies right. you know those are we're not yeah. buying those and like the only cookie cutters i think that my right. mom has we only do those out only mm-hmm. once yeah. a year and the our sprinkles. favorite one is a santa cookie cutter <laughs> right and like the yeah. red and green sprinkles mm-hmm. hello yeah exactly but, but I, I do guess, i do agree with the buttery thing i think buttery yeah. like do you like caramel-y. those um danish butter cookies that come in the blue tin oh, yes those are so good yeah those are really good <laughs> my grandparents used to always have those my and there's another one that's sort of a like a tartan like a red plaid look it's very very. Oh. i think they're called walkers i may be wrong on that i don't think i know what you're talking about. they're very similar they're mm-hmm. like buttery shortbready sort of style mm-hmm. cookies but they're super rich yeah so good so good but yeah I feel like it really comes down to tradition because like every family has their specific ones that they do yeah and then like you're coming from an Italian background and then I think my family and a lot of people in this area there's a lot of German influence Mm -hmm. and Irish influence Mm -hmm. and that like Pennsylvania Dutch oh for sure kind of thing for sure yeah um yeah it's been interesting um as I've Started to date Luke. Like, obviously, Christmas is a big deal in his family too, but mm-hmm. the way that they sort of do cooking for the holidays, there are definitely mm-hmm. some ingredients and styles of cookies and sweets that I definitely look forward to. I'm like, oh my gosh, we only get this once a year. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, Mom Todd makes this amazing thin, like almost a potato chip thin. Yeah. Chocolate chip cookie. I love those cookies that she makes. It is so good. And I'm trying to get my hands on the secret. She right. told me it's a family secret, so I can't divulge everything. Right. But the thing that I think is so funny about those is that the cookie is so thin that the yeah. chocolate chip looks like a mountain. Right. On and, the cookie. And it is so, so, so paper mm-hmm. thin that it's like you could lay it on your tongue and it would like disintegrate. Yeah. yeah. You know what I was thinking they remind me of? Have you ever had the Tate's Bake Shop chocolate chip cookies? I know Tate's, but I don't know. They come in, like, the green and yeah. white bag. Yeah. If you ever get your hands on them, you got to buy a pack. Because they're much larger. They're big cookies. Yeah. But they're thin. Like, not as thin as hers, but thin in a similar way where they have that, like, buttery crispness to them. Yum. And I don't usually go for a crispy chocolate chip cookie. Except for, I don't either. Except for Luke's mom's and then those Tate's ones. And what I really love about Mama Tops too is like they are just the perfect nibble <laughs> size. Like you tiny. just you just pop them in your mouth and Yeah, it's just, <sighs> yeah they're like two not or three two, bites, maybe. Yeah, it's not more than two bites, honestly. Yeah. If you're doing more than two bites, I don't know what you're doing. Right. Like but then you they are like potato chips, you just yeah. want to keep eating them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't even know where this came from, but this is something that every we'll pass they'll pass around like plates of cookies when we're at the mm-hmm. table. And I'm just like, I need to take at least three of these because mm-hmm. they might not be around oh, yeah. much longer. Yeah. So. And she also makes, like, peanut butter balls. Peanut butter balls. That's a thing. Um, thumbprint cookies. She does the, like, peanut butter cookies with the chocolate chip on top. That's mm-hmm. very classic. Yeah. Um, I mean, she does a ton. But right. those are definitely my favorite. One thing that we always get... It would be like Christmas Eve morning, our next door neighbor would pop over, ring the doorbell, and she would have a box of homemade caramels and Ooh. Opera Fudge. Oh, yeah, Opera Fudge is big and yeah. yeah. Um, and then my mom's thing that she would make for school teachers hairdressers neighbors everyone yeah <laughs> it's pumpkin bread so Ooh. like we had like the christmas eve morning swap where we give the neighbor the pumpkin bread and oh my and gosh you just made me remember thing. something what okay so i have a very Christmassy tradition with my dad with baking but it, it's not cookies but my dad makes toffee oh okay with it is it's his thing like he just makes toffee every single holiday and this is what he gives to everyone like okay what does he put in it it's almost like 90 percent butter okay and sugar uh-huh. and then it's microwaved it's not over a stovetop oh it's microwaved you have to be really careful uh-huh. um and then um i remember as a kid i wasn't allowed to touch the pyrex where he would be microwaving things uh-huh. but then you lay it on a cookie sheet uh-huh uh chocolate semi-sweet Chocolate. chocolate, Okay. melt, 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 yeah. let it cool like a teensy bit, and then you take crushed up um, pecans, and then you mm. let that go, and then you just sort of crack it, and that's all. yeah. it was really low maintenance, but I remember that smell, and I just remember being like, why is she talking about giving things to, like, neighbors and stuff, and I'm like, oh my god, my dad did that mm-hmm. with toffee, yeah. but th- it, it was, like, the day that my dad would make toffee that I would mm. be, like, in the kitchen okay. watching him do this, yeah. and he that just became his thing. See, that was the the marathon day for my mom, which some years was probably more than one day, was the pumpkin bread days. Like, mm. you would come home from school, and my mom had made 25 loaves of pumpkin bread. Point. And then she would wrap them each in aluminum foil, put a, like, a, a bow for a present on top, and it would go it. in the freezer. And then... Oh, we have a visitor. Oh, girls. Gilmore came to find us. Oh, you found us. Did you want a podcast with us? Now you're trapped and you can't. We had a feeling he was going to show up. You must (laughs) protect the ladies. He got bored with the boys downstairs. Yeah. So, but anyway. (laughs) All right, well, let's move on to the next bullet point. Okay, so let's talk about the cookies that you have in front. I will say we changed our plans. Originally, I was supposed to bring cookies with me. And I was going to bring a box of chocolate stars. Have you ever had these? No. They're nothing special. I will be straight up honest, but they are a nostalgic holiday treat. My dad grew up in Maryland, and every year he would drive home to his mother's neighborhood Mm -hmm. to get a box of dark chocolate chocolate stars. Okay. I don't have an explanation for this. How long of the drive is Like, at least an hour and a half. Okay. And he would be like, "Well, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna go get a whole bunch of boxes, and I just wanna. I just want it to be in the house." Okay. And I think he just became obsessed with these things. Did they keep really well? Like I they get, don't go stale. They're like a graham cracker inside, um, and then just you know, like a semi-sweet chocolate coating with like little white icing. Like the uh, Girl Scout cookie. Isn't there a yeah, Girl Scout cookie not kind really. of like that? I, that's why I wish I had them here. But yeah. I've noticed in the past couple of years, they're everywhere. They're in every Weiss really market. Yeah. Oh. So they're they've suddenly popped up everywhere. So every time I see them, I always take a photo. I'm like, Dad, yeah. all those years you were driving down to Maryland. <laughs> look at you now. Like, was he getting them from an actual bakery though? No, it was just from like a grocery store chain <laughs> in Maryland. <laughs> it was. So he would drive to I don't know. I don't even know what wow. grocery store it was, but. He must have really liked them. He was committed. So every year, my dad, like, doesn't really crave things. He doesn't... He's not someone who's, like, a super sweet tooth. Yeah. So for him to go out of his way... Really not that good, but it is sort of a sentimental, like, nostalgic cookie in our household. Mm -hmm. So I have no explanation. Mm -hmm. But I did look up the cookies that were in um, the bakery that I mentioned, Alvaro. They use Florentines, which are those sort of white and black split cookies. Um... White, white chocolate, dark chocolate, and then pistachio amaretto, mm. fig cookies, beffanini's. I had to look this up. It's like a shortbread cookie. I'll show you a picture of them. Okay. Um, Pignoli's, um, sponge cake cookies, but they're done in sort of the Italian flag colors, like one's red. Oh, yeah. Sort of like a checkerboard. Uh-huh. Or you can do it um, in just flat lines. Almond biscottis and baklava, which is not Italian, but... That's Greek, you know. right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Those would be on the on the tray and that would be Yeah. The treats. So, so but like if your mom was having this marathon day of cookie baking but then all the Italian cookies your family bought at the bakery, then what was your mom making? I don't even know. Like I feel like those were just cookies that we had at the house. Oh. Like did she just make them and then you guys would just eat them right away and then Yeah, I think we like, just later you would make more of something else? I know we would go to like neighbor parties and things and we'd bring some cookies. Mm. Um, we'd bring my dad's toffee, but Yeah, I don't, like, I feel like we just ate them. Mm-hmm. So what did you bring and what are your, like, nostalgic cookies that you really, 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 really love? Okay. So what my family makes, and this has kind of, like, ebbed and flowed over the years. And we've also kind of dwindled it down because I think we used to make, like, six to eight different kinds of cookies. Ooh. And like I said, we would freeze them all, bring them all out on Christmas Eve, or, like, in waves. Uh-huh. And then, like, Chris- that Christmas week and through New Year's, we'd have them for, like, when people were over right, and right. everything, take them to Christmas dinner or whatever, Christmas Eve party, all that stuff. But then, all the tins would stay down in the laundry room, which is, like, right inside from the garage door, which is where they had been in the chest freezer. Uh-huh. So, they get moved from there to the laundry room. So, then it's, like, that Christmas season would be, like, after dinner... And you'd go down, you grab all the tins, or or you would just go down to the laundry room and grab a handful of different cookies, and you're like, which tin is this? And you'd be like, Oh, I already have that kind, put it away. You know, <laughs> you're going through all the tins trying to find the one yeah. that you're looking for. So that's how it was for us. Um, but we've kind of dwindled it down to like four cookies now. So we always have chocolate chips, which growing Duh. up we did just classic Nestle Toll House, but now You've I make my ultimate chocolate chip cookie recipe, duh, which is on my blog. I will obviously link to it. It's the only chocolate chip cookie recipe you might ever need. Maybe it's all I need. <laughs> um, so yeah, I but those only make like twenty-four cookies. I mean, they're pretty big. They're bigger than a Toll House. Yeah. But still, 24 doesn't get you very far, so I have to make a few batches, and I'll also, like, freeze them ahead of time and whatever. So I do that, and then um, one of my mom's favorites is the peanut butter temptations. Do you know what that is? No. Maybe I do. In a little mini muffin tin, it's the peanut butter cookie that you bake like this little ball of peanut butter dough and then when they come out you take a miniature Reese's peanut butter cup and you squish it in so then it's like a Reese's peanut butter cup with a peanut butter cookie around it in a little oh yeah I've had I've had those yeah yeah those are really good so we do those and the rich rolled cookies that I mentioned which is our cutout cookies just very simple we don't do like icing or anything, we just do red and green. Yeah, sprinkles. I'm, I'm anti icing on those yeah. shortbread y. Yeah, and it's a lot of work. Sugar cookies. Yeah. On. And then one of my favorite cookies when I was younger do you know what a score bar is? Yeah. The yeah, toffee, toffee bar. Yeah. with, Like chocolate on mm-hmm. it. So my mom would buy the score toffee bits in a bag in the baking section. And that bag had a recipe for score cookies, Ooh. which was really just like a really good cookie, almost like a chocolate chip cookie yeah. base, but with these toffee puddles, and I loved them. Those were one of my favorites. But I haven't, they don't sell score bits anymore at the grocery store, really, because huh. I've looked for it, and they sell Heath toffee bits. Right. Right. <clears throat> but I but haven't the made, not, yeah yeah I haven't made those score cookies in forever. I good. should try to find the recipe or just like recreate it. Yeah, but I have a new recipe, which is what I brought for you to taste. <clears throat> um, I first made these like two or three years ago, and they have now become a new staple for Christmas for Gilmore us. Gilmore is very interested. So let me describe these to you. I call them oatmeal toffee cookies. Yeah. But what they actually are, is from this book called Cookie Love by Mindy Siegel or Seagal, I'm not sure how you say it. She has a like bakery cafe in I think Chicago. So this is her cookbook. Love it. Love Cookie Love. And a bunch of amazing recipes in here. And I think these cookies are the first ones I ever made mm-hmm. out of here. And they've just become kind of a hit in our family. But I changed it. What'd you do? So the recipe in the book is actually called oatmeal scotchies. Scotchies? And they're, yeah, they're supposed to be made with butterscotch chips. Oh. But I don't really like butterscotch chips. And I, I don't think know. I think I must have had toffee chips on hand. I was like, I'm just gonna try it with toffee chips instead. Turns out, probably it, it's incredible. Yeah, yeah, you did the right thing. <laughs> you did the right thing. Yeah. So I did find this recipe is online on Food 52, so I'll link nice. to it. But I'll, and I'll write a couple of notes in our show notes about what I do differently. Uh-huh. Um, but I mainly just swap the butterscotch chips for toffee chips, so I get the Heath ones. Nice. But then I bake them for like a little bit less time, I think. And this recipe, you do some pan banging. Yes. So you put them in the oven, um, and after six minutes, I do a pan bang mm-hmm. so that it kind of flattens them out, and I rotate it, and then I bake it for two more minutes or maybe a minute and a half, give it one more pan bang, and take it out of the oven. Nice. And for these ones with the toffee chips, the way I make them, they will look undone in the center. But there will be a ring of like maybe an inch or two around the edge of the cookie that looks done. The middle will look undone. But then you let them cool completely on the pan and they will finish baking. But if you do it until... They're really thin though. How do you not crack them? I don't know. They just work. (laughs) I don't know. Okay, so I'm going to let you try this. I love them because they're sweet and salty. You're going to love it. Love it. And, oh, also, these cookies are great because they freeze really well. Yeah. And they're even great eaten straight out of the freezer. I okay. can just imagine eating these with coffee. Like. Oh, they're really good with coffee. Like. They're, like, paper thin. Oh, okay, yeah. Let's get a sound of it, like. ASMR. Like, pulling apart. So, it's, like, I like these because they're, like. Yeah, they're crispy on the edge, but also chewy from the top. Yeah. They're, they have a nice pull. Yeah. But they're real good. Mm-hmm. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's what's up. hmm But, yeah, they freeze really well. Mmm. The recipe makes, like, 30 cookies, and they're big. Oh, my gosh. So I only do six to a pan when I make them. And you don't even use that much dough. I use my medium cookie scoop, which isn't that big. Yeah. But then they flatten out so much. This is, like, the best oatmeal. It's, like, an oatmeal cookie chip with extra caramely like goodness it is so good yeah i like these a lot <laughs> these are really good Mm-hmm. and they look kind of weird they're lacy right like I, I i'll be honest if i saw those in a bakery mm-hmm. i don't know if i'd go for them right but i'd be really wrong <laughs> yeah yeah they're really good and they have um the flaky salt that i put on my chocolate chip cookies Go in the dough for these. They are like the perfect combination of salty, sweet. Mm hmm. And we don't really talk about textures that much yet in the show. Mm hmm. But the it, the thing that's really getting me is the crunchy and the chewy. Mm hmm. It's both. It is both at the same time. Mm hmm. That's good. Well Almost if you had toffee with like potato chips in it or something. Right. Yeah. Mm. You know who's gonna love these? Who? Luke. Yeah. <laughs> he loves oatmeal raisin cookies, so mm. these are, like, the best. Um, mm. You also toast the oats in the oven before... Ooh. Yeah. Get them flavors out. And then you take... So you do, like, one cup plus two tablespoons of oats, toast them in the oven, and then the two tablespoons you take, and I grind it up in my coffee grinder. Wow. So you get, like... And I don't know. It's, like... I haven't messed with it much at all except for swapping out the butterscotch for toffee and tweaking the baking time. So but good. You guys. It's a it's a banging cookie. Yeah, if you like when I impress your friends, this is this yeah. is it. And I like that like it's a little it's a slightly more work than a standard chocolate chip cookie recipe. Mhm. But the payoff is good because you get like 30 cookies and they're huge. They're like five inch cookies this is the cookie i want when it's raining outside i'm tired from walking around (laughs) let's just say denmark Mm -hmm. and there's a coffee shop Mm -hmm. i want this with coffee i want to be warming up by the fireplace this is really good Mm -hmm. yeah guys i have have the best job on this podcast i just eat sarah's cookies (laughs) (laughs) yeah what do I contribute to this? <laughs> Nothing. Uh, what else do we need to talk about? You truly are like such a great baker cuz I don't I do not we do not cook the same way. Mm. You're much more methodical, mm-hmm. like I'm very precise. <laughs> precise. Also, I'm like see? dumping things in. Did you see my Yeah, my cookbook pristine notes yeah i have like thank god i took notes the first time i did this i have stuff underlined yeah arrows (laughs) she's going in yeah i do love to write in my cookbooks well i think it's important yeah and actually i will say if you do get this book which is a beautiful cookie book i think i noticed with another recipe i made from here that the baking time was way off so that's one thing you really have to be careful with with baking. Mm-hmm. Just everyone's oven is different, especially for, like, someone who's used to working in an industrial kitchen. It's totally different from a home kitchen. Definitely. And then depending on who tested these recipes and how they were developed. That's why, like, say a cookie says to bake for 13 to 18 minutes. I'll check it at, like, 9 or 10 minutes. Right. Got to be careful. Yeah, because then sometimes they're done. Yeah. Cool. Anyway. Um, so <laughs> since that's a really good cookie, what's our least favorite Christmas cookies? So, um, I was gonna say gingerbread for me. I feel like I've never had a good gingerbread cookie. I don't think I have either. They're always kinda like dry. dry. Yeah. <laughs> and like and boring. you know what, they don't really have a good ginger taste. Mm mm. They're like, kind of bitter, I think. Yeah. Generally yeah. just not very good. If anyone has a good gingerbread, like, for making gingerbread men kind of cookie... Yeah, I'm down to try. I'll try it. Yeah. But I'm not going to trust it. No, I I, <laughs> I I agree completely. Yeah. I agree. And I think any... I wrote down any dry, flavorless sugar cookie with, like, icing that is way too sweet. hmm Yeah. Although I will say one of my favorite Christmas cookies that I don't make is my best friend, Abby, who I mentioned earlier... She and her mom will have a marathon day where they, I swear to God, they make like 2,000 of these cookies because they give a bunch of people platters, including Uh my family, and it is a really good soft sugar cookie with like good icing on top. I just can't get down with a sugar cookie (sighs) like that. Like the soft sugar cookie. Yeah, but these are real good. Okay, well, I'm not going to write it off because I will definitely give it a try, but Mm -hmm. it's just not my thing. Well, I was going to say too, like... Anything overbaked or stale. Yeah, no. Because a lot of people aren't good at baking. No. Like, no offense, guys, but a lot of people are bad at it. Yeah. (laughs) Give up now. And it's like, I think so many people overbake their cookies by like two minutes. Right. And it's like, if you had just taken it out when it... Look almost done. Like, with these cookies, if you bake these until they look done, they're overbaked. Right. Because they're going to finish baking when you take them out. Yeah, it's not like the baking process ends as soon as you take them out. There's still a lot of things that are going on afterwards. Yeah, because the cooling process, too, like, it's... Yeah. Whatever. It's just... Like, you know, the, the, like, I think they're called... are they called thumbprints? hmm The ones with the Hershey Kiss. It's like a... Or a peanut butter blossom. It's like a peanut butter cookie with the Hershey oh, Kiss yeah. in the middle. They always look like they're going to be good, and they're always terrible. I agree. I I do not like those cookies. I feel like when I was younger, I had yeah. them oh, when yeah. they were really good. And then a lot of people make them, and a lot of people overbake them. Or they're just stale when I get I them. I just think they're weird to eat. How am I supposed to eat them? That? Well, That's true. Yeah. Do I wrap my whole mouth around? It's that? like you have to bite a chunk of the Hershey Kiss with the cookie. But or also do you not nibble let the Hershey around Hershey kiss the sides? Come off. Oh, I did. Used to do that. I would eat around the round like, cookie and then put the Hershey Kiss with a little bottom of cookie in my mouth. Yeah, at the end, it's like a treat. Yeah, like I made it to the prize in the center. I get that. Yeah. Um, I yeah I I am not a fan of those now mm. as an adult, but I definitely did like them as a kid. I'll tell you what' really sucks, and I like and I hate this throughout my entire life. Have you ever had a rum ball? <laughs> I don't know if I've really eaten one. at least not don't recently. don't waste your time. I'm sure I would hate it. They're so gross. Yeah.
1: Well, they're my, so gross.
0: My pet peeve for cookies, especially around Christmas time, is like people who like to give people, and I feel like it's usually a situation where someone has given you cookies. But it's a smattering of different cookies all packaged together. Like what? Like how do you mean? Like say someone made you a platter of cookies and then they just like wrapped saran wrap over it uh-huh. and gave it to you as a gift, uh-huh. which is very thoughtful. Yeah. I appreciate you. But first of all, those cookies are not staying fresh with that saran wrap around the plate. But number two, if you put... Several different cookies that are different kinds in the same container. They all start to taste like nothing slash each other in a way oh. that means none of them are good anymore. So if you're going to make several cookies, please gift them separately. I feel that. Or just make one really good kind of cookie. Just do it well. Just do one thing really well. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's one thing if you're just going to transport them and then you separate them. But it, it never works out for anybody.
1: Well, not never to works mention out.
0: a lot of times they've been sitting in someone's fridge for mm-hmm. like way too long. Yeah. So that's why I feel like it's better to give stuff that you know they're going to eat right away. Okay. Or something that keeps for a long time. Hypothetical question okay. You're at a stranger's Christmas party, they have a platter out. Yeah of like our basically every cookie we've mentioned so far Mm -hmm. what can you trust is probably going to be the best tasting not knowing how good of a baker that person is well chocolate chips are usually a good bet unless you can tell by looking at it that it's going to be terrible like crusty yeah yeah um i don't know i'll give you i'll give you my answer okay what's yours they don't really they don't really change that much are pitzels supposed to be crispy or kind of chewy? Well, both. Okay, because when we well, when we would make them, we would do both. We would do chewier ones. We'd separate them, then like crunchier ones that are more like oh. almost like waffle cone sort yeah. of uh-huh. texture. Okay, you can do both. So you can do it. Yeah, up to your discretion. Yeah, we also okay. used to do like with anise, and without anise. Mm-hmm. So okay, I don't know. maybe diehard pizza people can argue with me but yeah I, okay okay um oh yeah what's on our christmas cookie bucket list like what recipes have we not really dabbled in that we want to try to incorporate into our lives um i want to try i think next year i want to like choose one of the italian cookies i mentioned from the platter and see if i can do it pretty well mm-hmm. what about you i feel like i need to find my perfect cutout sugar cookie uh-huh. because the ones that I make with my family that my mom does, like I said, they're kind of more of a shortbread. Uh-huh. And honestly, they're kind of a pain in the butt to roll out because you have to have the dough refrigerated ahead of time, but then it'll be, like, rock hard. And my mom had this rolling pin that was plastic that you actually could fill with ice water. Just, Whoa. That was a whole thing. Whoa. And so you have to roll it out, but then it would be kind of too hard. And this very small window where it was the right texture, but then it will warm up and get too soft. Right. Then you have to ball it back up, put it back in the fridge. Too much work. So that's I cheap. need one that's like good and easy to roll out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's manageable. You can definitely learn how to like find one. Yeah. I just got to find a good one. Yeah. But I mean, I am I make cookies year round. Yeah, so you're like a cookie I'm person. I'm always making cookies. And actually, I think that's how these oatmeal toffee ones came about was I made them... At a different time of the year and, like, took them over to my parents' house. And we all love them so much that I think they then requested them right. for Christmas. And now I just always make them. So... They're a year-round. They're right kind of now. like a new Christmas cookie in our house. Yeah. So I'm sure there will be more of those over the years where I try something and then... For sure. Yeah. For sure. It gets requested. So, I don't know. Yeah. But I love cookies, so... I think, um... I think, like, as we get older, eventually I feel like the hosting duties are going to switch with our parents. My aunts and uncles have been hosting the holidays for a long time. Or It used to be my grandparents, but now it's, like, mostly my aunts and uncles. So that is definitely going to change over time. And I feel like once the responsibilities sort of toss over to mm-hmm. the next generation, I feel like more ex- experimentation sort of has to happen, so... Right and you're like, okay, well those were great, but I don't got time for that. So like <laughs> you know what I mean? So it'll yeah. be interesting to see how it sort of pans out. Yeah. Cool. Sweet. Was that a wrap on the Christmas cookies? Yeah, that segment? was fun. Hope you weren't hungry. <laughs> yeah, well we've got cookies to eat, so yes. We have a listener question. Oh, yeah. So this one was on topic, so I thought it would be a good one for this episode. I honestly, I feel kind of like I don't have anything to add to this conversation. So that's fine. I will chip in as best as I can, (laughs) but I'm going to let you take the reins on this one. Okay. So this is from my friend Phil, who I mentioned in a previous episode. Hey, Phil. Hi, Phil. (laughs) Um, Phil is lactose intolerant. And so I recently made him, well, not him, but, like, we were going to a thing with friends, and he was going to be there. So I made my ultimate vegan chocolate chip cookies. Which is also on my blog. Which are still really good. Very good. Um, But the thing is, with those, I don't often make them at a time when, like, I have someone who literally can't eat dairy or anything. So I had to find dairy-free chocolate chips to make them fully vegan. Right. And I actually had to run to the grocery store and it was kind of like a mad rush and I was like, "Oh like, no, where are they?" Yeah, cuz they are hard to find. Yeah. Um I I don't even know. Yeah. But I I found a new version that day when I went to get some that I'm really excited about and I told Phil about them. Mm-hmm. So he was ask- he asked for more dairy-free chocolate chip recommendations. Okay. So the ones that I found, they're a new product from Nestle, and it's called Simply Delicious Allergen-Free Chocolate Chips. I've seen these. Yeah, they only have three ingredients, which is chocolate, cocoa butter, and cane sugar. Have you tasted them? Yeah, and they're free from the eight major food allergens. That's awesome. Um, Because Phil's also allergic to peanuts. So well, that's that yeah. made me feel better about them too. As a teacher, like that's something I, there used to be a time where you could have, okay, everyone bring like a a snack and we'll have a little get, to, can't do that anymore. Yeah. With all the allergies that are out there. So, but I did like try a couple just eaten plain when I got them and I thought they were really good. Like, especially for just like a Nestle. Do you think chip. you'd be able to tell that they were dairy free? No. Like I, yeah, they I were mean, really that's. That- that's a glowing review. Yeah. If you can't tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's and a those new are available product. Like a general grocery store. Yeah, like store. I got them at our local giant. Um, but they're also available on Amazon. But Perfect. I would I would guess, I mean, it's a Nestle product. You can probably find it at any major grocery store, Walmart, or Target or anything. Yeah. Which is awesome. Cause the other ones I have are like a little harder to get. So, well, there's the Enjoy Life brand. They're always dairy-free because they're vegan. Mm -hmm. Um, They're, like, pretty easy to find. Again, you can also get those on Amazon. Mm -hmm. But also Costco, the Kirkland brand, their chocolate chips are dairy-free. Automatically? Yeah. But they might have changed their recipe recently, so I would double-check if you're getting those and you need them to be dairy-free. But I've actually bought them on Amazon before. Well, so, if you don't have a Costco membership, you can still get them, and they come in a huge bag because it's Costco. What doesn't Kirkland do? I know.
1: It's they crazy. They do everything. They
0: really do. And then also the brand Guittard. I think that's how you say it. Guittard. Guittard. That's a pretty high-end brand. It's usually available at Whole Foods, mm-hmm. but they have some dairy-free chocolate chips. Interesting. So those would be my recommendations, but I would highly recommend those Nestle Simply yeah. Delicious ones. Hey, if it's available at a generic grocery store, you can't even tell the difference. Like mm-hmm. that's as pretty good. That's as good as it gets. Yeah, yeah. I thought they were really good. Yeah. So, but if anyone else has anyone any other yeah. recommendations, definitely let us know. Yeah, I really don't have anything to add this conversation. I'm sorry, Phil. I don't know. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> that's Sarah fine. knew she took the reins. <laughs> Well, what about recommendations? Okay, my recommendation... Oh, okay. Mine is a travel-related book that I feel like would be a good gift. Um, So, Don't Be a Tourist in Paris. Okay. um, Which I've been sharing on Instagram stories... I shared on Instagram stories that it's just... The reason why I love this book so much is because it's organized the way my brain likes to think about travel. So, it's pretty much, like, a curiosity cabinet of Paris and its weird, very old-school, kitschy stores. But Mm -hmm. also, if Hemingway were to be in Paris, where would he go? Of the past and today, Audrey Hepburn's Paris. Like, Mm -hmm. it's organized very intentionally, and it's sort of, like, it's themed. Mm -hmm. um, Good at basically zeroing in on Odd things in Paris besides the major sites. Mm -hmm. So instead of going to the tourist like Eiffel Tower, wherever she's like, well, you could go here or you could go to the cafe where all the aristocrats used to take their lovers. Yeah, still around the corner from the Louvre or whatever it is. So Mm -hmm. it's it's a very like deep dive into weird parts about Paris, and it's making me really want to go to Paris. Yeah, you've been to Paris. I have been to Paris, but it was only for I think like a week. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time Luke and I had traveled together, first Okay, trip. And we both love art, and we did not go to the Louvre. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, the Louvre was probably my least favorite part of being in Paris. I know, so. but I feel like it's like a... I had a bad experience. A rite of passage, like you have to yeah. go. That's how I was like, I need to go. Or at least, but... at least, we went to the Rodin, which I'm glad we went to that, but mm. anyway... I it it's been a long time and also I will say when we were in Paris we didn't we ate okay mm-hmm. but I feel like if I were to go now I would just know that's how I feel too you know what I mean I know better how to do the research yeah. and prepare absolutely and mm-hmm. this book would be the first thing I would be like. And isn't there also down. another one in that series? Yes, there's also Don't Be a Tourist in New York. Oh, okay. And I have not read that yet, but if it's organized the same way and <clears throat> so well researched about odd things and, you know, itineraries and themed mm-hmm. ideas, I'm sure it's awesome. So Yeah. That sounds cool. It's very cool. Yeah, I like the idea of that. Especially for someone who doesn't want to do the classic touristy things that everyone does. It's sort of like a culture traveler's guide to a very well-known city. Mm -hmm. And I like that it's it's very niche. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like it's not a book I would give to everyone. But if someone really loves culture, really has done some extensive traveling, and they don't necessarily just want to get, like, the major sites and then leave and then go to the next city, this is a book I would definitely... Recommend. So. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, for my recommendations, I actually have two because I couldn't pick. <laughs> um, have you watched Fleabag yet? No. Okay, Laura. <laughs> I know. Everyone's told me you need to watch you this show. You totally do. And it's not even a commitment. It is 12, 20 minute episodes. I know. Okay. So, I know. I have it, have which is it. two seasons. Each season is only six episodes. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, if you guys haven't heard of it yet or watched it yet, it's um, by Phoebe Waller Bridge. She wrote... Who's blowing up right now. Yeah. Because um, she just won, like, three Emmys for mm-hmm. it whatever. And it's like, I don't even want to tell you too much about it because it's just so good and different from anything I've seen. They're like, I don't want to ruin it for anyone who's going to watch yeah. it. Like, just watch it. Just watch I know, it. I know. I have to. If you don't like it by two or three episodes, it's probably not for you. Right. But... If it is, you're probably going to love it. Sounds and so and if you, like, say you have watched season one, and you're like, I really liked it, but, like, I mean, okay, like, I'm not dying to watch more of it. Just start season two. Because <laughs> <laughs> season two is so good. Is there only two seasons out? Mm-hmm. Is there going to be a third? There's not. So no, it's done. This is it. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. It's, it's essentially a mini series, you know. <sighs> gotta watch. Just watch it. Just, yeah. like, your next hook a day. This should be what you watch. Fleabag. It's so, like, you're going to love it. Okay? Okay. Okay, and then, kind of similar to that, we recently watched the movie Booksmart. Have you seen that? Have not seen it, but again, people told me it's good. Yeah, okay, so, by the way, Fleabag is Amazon Prime. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's where you can watch that. Booksmart um, was directed by Olivia Wilde. I believe it was her, like, first feature-length Directorial They're calling debut. It sort of like the female super, super bad, right? Yeah. And it is. It, but it, that's what, it's so fun because it shows this friendship between these two girls in matric graduate high school. Yeah. And it's, their friendship is just so fun to watch. Uh-huh. And it's so now and, like, interesting and complex and, like, they love each other so much, but it's also messy. Mm-hmm. And it's really funny. Like, it, it is really, really good. Yeah. So I think you should watch it. But if you have Hulu, you can watch it on okay. there. Or you could rent it from Amazon. But that it's like... definitely worth watching. I know. I've sort of been in a slump, but then the crown started up again. So I mm-hmm. feel like once I'm done with the crown, <laughs> then also. But yeah, it. I think you'll really like both of those. Good recommendations. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's it for today. Yeah.
1: yeah. Signing yeah. off.
0: So, anyway, thanks for joining. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) If you're loving the podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. Every review helps us with the annoying iTunes algorithm, so every little bit helps. And please send us your questions. You can email us at hello at passportsandpizza.com. Reach out to us on Instagram. We're at Passport Pod. Or you can send us a voicemail at 717-964-0215. And definitely just, you know, let your friends know about the show. Go, You know, share Please. us on Instagram stories. It's the easiest way to let other people know that you're loving what we're doing. So, yeah. yeah that would be great. And our show notes are available with all the links, um, blog posts, cookbooks, everything we've mentioned uh, on our website at www.passportsandpizza.com. And then you can follow each of us individually on Instagram. I'm at sarah underscore cornelius underscore that's sarah with no h and Lara's is at roman Golightly, and that's r-o-a-m so you can follow us on there yeah and last but not least thank you to my brother will gingrich for our theme music yeah and we'll talk to you next time have a great holiday season yeah have a great christmas we'll see oh you, um we'll see you a little closer to new year's right yeah because our next episode would come out technically on christmas day Perfect. But we're taking that week off, so right. it's actually going to be three weeks until the next one, and we'll be sharing New Year goals and stuff. Yeah, we're so. going to talk about New Year's. Should be so fun. We've got to get in that mindset. So, so yeah. have a merry one. Yeah. Bye. 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 <laughs> Yum. <laughs> Pennsylvania <laughs> <Joe> Dutch <for. laughs> cookies. Gilmore Snout is like right next to the microphone. Hello. Hello. <laughs>